You are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello there, welcome to this week's podcast. This week I had the pleasure of talking to a guy called Chase and Chase is in recovery from an eating disorder and I first, well first Chase got in contact with me a while ago. Um, he was asking me a, a question on a, I think on a YouTube video and um, well he actually wrote me an email and his email was about his dog Belle and he was just saying how thrilled he was that his relationship with, with Belle had changed and improved again and gone back to what it was before he had his eating disorder since recovery and so that's what what really um, got us introduced and then Chase said that he'd like to share his recovery story so that's what we're doing today and um, without further ado here's Chase. Okay Um, my name is Chase Um, I'm a 22 year old uh, recovering from an eating disorder Um, if I had to think about what started my eating disorder, it would probably have started back in college um, when I just had a realization that I needed to just make smarter decisions. Um, My entire family has always had uh, heart conditions and technically I'm the next one in line. Um, So it started with me just realizing that I needed to make smarter decisions. Um, So instead of like, you know, just going out to the store, grabbing, you know, a ton of convenient food, I needed to actually like sit down, cook the things that I wanted, cook the things that I knew my body needed. Um, so it kind of started there. Um, eventually, and of course, like starting to cook my own food, I started dropping uh, weight and actually looking better, feeling better, so on and so forth. Everybody kept going on and on that I was looking much better. I was looking, uh, uh like everything was going good and so on and so forth. Um, and then I started getting into fitness and, you know, trying to push myself to, you know, lose that next five pounds or so on and so forth. Um, I've downloaded this app that was called my fitness pal. Um, and I, this app works for a lot of people. I am in no way saying that this app should not be used i know it works for some people but other people it just doesn't i turned out to be one of those people because i would um, log how much i eat ate and eventually it started becoming sort of an obsession and sort of really spiraled out of control to where a i believe i was overestimating how much i was actually eating but still like cataloging all of this all of this food that i yeah, it, it was a mess, just an entire mess. Um, until finally, I realized that people's comments started going from Chase, you're looking so good to Chase, are you okay? Of course, I'm in denial this entire time. And I'm just saying like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm, th- these people just don't know what they're talking about. It's like, I'm everything's fine. Everything's fine. And it really did begin to just completely spiral out of control because I started realizing that I wasn't going out with friends near as much. I wasn't um, taking any kind of like social aspects of my life into consideration anymore. A lot of my hobbies kind of died out and I was starting to become more of just this, just another body in the room. And I wasn't, it, it was truly a nightmare. 
Um, so I didn't begin to realize that I had a problem until around Christmas time last year. So that would be Christmas of 2017. Um, when I was just still trying to log every single thing that I ate and still trying to like not go over a single, uh, a single one of the goals for the day. And, you know, in my, in my mind, it was, if you went over that, uh, limit, like you couldn't do have anything else for the rest of the day. It was a nightmare. And what I think finally started, like, my real realization that I needed to recover was uh, just my family had finally told me that it had to come to some kind of end. They realized that I had taken like this fear of like having a heart attack to an extreme and now I had developed anorexia and it truly was right. They, they could definitely tell that that wasn't the chase that they knew that that yeah and they finally like called me out on it and i was fortunate enough to like be able to begin somewhat um so okay it was it was at that point that i realized that i did need to start eating more because i had got, like, gotten so obsessed with you know making sure that i wasn't going over that limit that was set for me and I, I just realized that obviously I need to like make some kind of a change. So yes, I was still using this app. Um, and yes, I was eating more, but I was definitely not eating enough and just beating myself up over absolutely nothing. Um, but it was, what was really hard for me was there were so many foods that I wouldn't even go towards. Um, one of them was hot chocolate. Um, I, I know it seems so silly to me now that I would have such a problem like just wanting a cup of hot chocolate, you know, feeling like I had come so far to like give it up. But it's like, give what up? Like I might be eating more now, but I'm not eating the foods that I want. And it's like I'm still actively restricting and it, it, it had to stop. So I was on I was at work one day and I had some free time so I was just doing some research well I found your blog and it really just kind of inspired me to at least make one more solid attempt I went to the break room and I grabbed an envelope of hot chocolate but I still couldn't make myself do it and for the longest time it wouldn't I couldn't I, I just couldn't make myself drink anything that like had added sugar in it. I was just so petrified and I never could figure out why. Um, so even though, yes, I'm starting to eat more, I'm definitely not eating enough and I'm living like what your blog referred to as a half life. And it was, it, it truly was like terrible. Um, but I finally managed to like begin to overcome like all of this when I finally deleted the app. It was the day before Super Bowl Sunday, um, 2018, and my parents were out. I kind of had the house to myself, and um, I wanted a hot chocolate so bad. We had those little Keurig uh, cups of hot chocolate, 
And my mom like would drink those all throughout Christmas time. Um, and there I was trying to hide it by just drinking water mixed with like unsweetened cocoa. It, it was disgusting. I, I don't know how I managed to, yeah, it's awful. Um, but this, this app also has like, um, different foods that you can log and it's like already got the calories, how much sugar, how much fat, how much carbs and so on and so forth. Well, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to do it regardless. And so I put it in and, but then the little nutrition label, like just caught my eye and I saw it and nothing matched up. The calories didn't match up. The, the, the amount of fat didn't match up. N nothing matched. And I realized that this app had been, feeding me lies. And that was when I just got so mad. And I said that, like, I had actually said out loud that this app had ruined my Christmas. It had ruined, it was beginning to ruin my life. And I deleted it and I made the hot chocolate and I drank it. And w did I freak out when I was drinking it? Yes, because now my brain is in like this whole mindset of, you eat anything that isn't quote unquote safe and you're going to have a heart attack because you're next in line. So I, I continued reading your blogs and just again, yeah, I drank the hot chocolate. It didn't. And I deleted the app, but I knew I was still like, I was still like trying to keep track. It's like, okay, an egg has such and such number of calories. It's like, it's more protein and blah, 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 blah. Um, so on and so forth. But finally, I realized that I had to stop. I had to like look at foods that legitimately scared me and I had to face them one by one until it was until that until I could eat again and not feel fear because I realized that my relationships were just like going down the toilet um, it seemed like I couldn't hold a conversation with anybody um, because that's what eating disorders do. They don't they don't just make people skinny. They turn people into people they're not. And you just become this hollow shell. And it, it, it truly is a terrible experience. And to anyone out there listening right now, um, I promise you. I cannot tell you how much I promise this. Um, if you can push through recovery, push through the uncomfort, uh, the uncomfortable um, feelings. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but your relationships will get a thousand times better. I promise. Um, I especially knew that because even my dog would look at me like I like she was scared. Um, like she knew something was wrong with me and I knew that I would just be so irritated even at her just like nudging me. So I realized that this I said, this isn't me and I just have to face these fears like one at a time. So I sat down and I was like, it's time to tackle just something small, something simple. Let's start with a glass of real whole milk. Um, now just I poured the milk and I was shaking. I could not figure why, but I was shaking. I knew I drank milk all throughout uh, my childhood and I, I, I knew 
that this had to be like the first step. I knew it wasn't going to kill me, but for some reason, it just couldn't make myself do it. And I had to sit back for a minute and I thought to myself, okay, why am I having such a hard time drinking milk? Well, right randomly i started thinking about star wars because i guess this was because the new star wars movie had just come out and it took me back to the to the old scene where luke is sitting around the dinner table he pours a glass of milk well the milk is blue now as a kid i always thought that was the funniest thing ever it's like oh look his milk is blue um and for some reason i started thinking about that and i looked at my glass of milk and I turned around and I got the food coloring out of the cabinet and I put blue food coloring in my milk. Um, and then after I did that, I just kind of buried my face into my hands and I said, am I really resorting to the tactics you would use to get a picky three-year-old to eat? But then finally, like I looked up and I said to myself, if that is what it takes, I know that I need to do it. And I said, it, it, it's hard now, but it will get better. And I drank the milk, and I felt great throughout the <laughs> rest of the day. And, and that is, I just think that's genius. And I think that that's something that many of us work out that we need to do when we're in recovery is we need to do something to get us out of our heads. And for you, turning that milk blue got you out of your head about it and just turned that experience into something else, which I know... You might think, well, that sounds really silly, putting blue food coloring in milk, but it's it's not. It did what you needed to do. It got you out of your head. It got you drinking that milk. And like you said, you kind of knew that day that you'd, you'd done something amazing. Right. Well, and another thing is that, you know, when you can kind of get away from like the whole, this is scary feeling, it's like all of a sudden this milk had gone from, you know, being and incredibly scary, like, this is going to kill me if I drink it, to, oh, it's not so bad. And then throughout the rest of the day, it's like you felt a lot better. Um, and so it was after, probably the very next day, um, I did the same thing again, put blue food coloring in my milk, and I still enjoyed it. Um, and it was at that day I said, okay, no more almond milk, because, yeah, um, that, that was the big ticket item was the unsweetened vanilla almond milk. Ugh! even think about that now. It's, it, it's disgusting. And I don't know how I made myself drink that back when I was sick. It was, but yeah, so I started tackling like every little fear food like that. Um, everything from burgers to pizza. And it, it was, it sort of became like a little game. Um, I finally like was able to look at foods and like start saying like, everybody else might say that you're terrible, but I know you're exactly what I need. And it sort of became like this game where every time I was able to like tackle one food, it was just like another point. It was another nail in that eating disorders coffin. And I noticed, like, as I started gaining weight, I knew the weight gain was going to be inevitable. I knew it had to happen. Um, a couple, one funny thing about my weight gain, um, when I started gaining weight, you know, of course, like, your your first thought is like, oh, if I'm going to gain weight, the first place it's going to be is, like, right around my stomach. And I was actually wrong. I, I know this happens differently for everybody, um, but the first place that 
um, I gained weight was actually in the muscles in my legs. My, like my muscles had like grown because my my arms and legs like when I was sick were like pencil thin. They looked like they looked just like there was nothing underneath. But when I started eating more, that was the first place that it went. So it's like I realized that my body was smart enough to know what it needed. And obviously the first thing that it needed was to get the muscles back in my legs where it belongs. So it was definitely an eye-opening experience. Um, I feel great. I look great. And the biggest thing is that my relationships are improving. Um, this is what I was saying earlier with my dog, Bell. Um, I, I, I love that dog to death. And when I started like having enough energy to actually go out and play with her again. Um, I could tell that she seemed a lot happier because she had seemed like she had gotten her chase back. And did you find, cause I know that I found that when I was sick, I, I mean, I was a, a animal crazy child and all through my teens. And then when I got sick, my, I just lost interest in animals. It's like they suddenly became an inconvenience. It was in the way of me, doing my thing, my silly rituals and routines that I had to do every day. And I would often get agitated with animals for just being in the way and, and things like that. And it was really marked in recovery that my just love and adoration of animals came back. And that was very welcome. Right. Um, yeah, I, I could definitely um, agree with that because um, whenever I would just be like sitting in, um, sitting in the living room, a uh, bell might nudge my leg and I would I, I would get like so irritated with her about it. And I like looking back on it now, like I just realized that I probably put her through hell and I could not apologize to her enough for that. But fortunately, I think that she's very forgiving. Um, she always she seems like she has a little smile on her face. And so it, it's definitely good. Um, and again, like. I, and th this is just like one little message for everybody out there. I promise your relationships will improve because I can tell my relationship with my family is a lot better. Um, I can tell that I feel a lot happier. Um, and it, it really, you don't realize how much of a difference it makes until that difference is there. And you really, it, it truly is amazing, like how much of a difference it'll make and how much happier you'll feel. I think that you can connect with people on a different level when part of your brain isn't wondering where food is and worrying about that all the time and you don't have all that mental hunger there and the irritability that most of us feel as well when we're in a state of malnutrition. So it all makes sense really as to why you're not the most brilliant social self or version of yourself that you could be when you're in malnutrition or restricting food. But it it's not like that was anything that I think was, I don't know, I guess I just didn't, I knew that I wasn't particularly good socially, but in a way I, I didn't uh, recognize just how bad things had been until I recovered and things got way better. And if you could pinpoint like what, what a couple of things are that you think you were the primary things that you needed to address to, to get to where you are, what do you think that those things are? Oh, the things that I had to change was I needed to like stop seeing all these numbers as like maximums. It's like um, 
so many people give these meal plans and all these like diet advice and it's like this is like what you're allowed to eat and um you you can't see that as like your maximum you need to see that you need to see it as your minimum if that makes sense yeah and follow your hunger i guess exactly and that's another thing if you are hungry you need to eat and that that there's just no question about it hunger is your body telling you that it needs food and that just like that's how it goes that's how that's how we've been since we were like since we were hunters and foragers it's like if you're hungry you need to eat that's just simple as that it it really is Thank you so much, Chase, for sharing your story with us. I especially love the bit about the blue milk because I think that's genius. And I think that anything that can get us out of our heads and shift that sort of fight or flight anxiety state that you can go into a sympathetic nervous system when you're faced with a food that's scaring you. And that did that for him, that shifting it back to that childhood memory and almost making it, this is like a game. This is just play. This isn't this big, serious, scary situation. And I just think that's a wonderful thing. And it just shows how smart people with eating disorders are when they realize this is the problem that I have to solve. I have to get this freaking glass of milk drunk. And it scares the heck out of me. So how am I going to make it okay? And that's how Chase solved that problem. And that's exactly what we need to be in recovery. We need to be problem solvers. And it doesn't matter how um, inappropriate it might seem that a grown person is scared of food. If that's your reality, and that is the problem that you have to solve, and that is the issue that you have to get around in order to be successful, then that is your reality. And so tackling that reality is doing things just like that. So I think that alone, for those of you who are in recovery and you are dealing with this stuff and dealing with this fear still on a day-to-day basis, taking home from that, what are things that help shift you out of your head when you are in that sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight response as a reaction to food, but you've got to get it done anyway. So thank you, Chase, for that inspiration. That's it for this week's podcast. Cheers and until next time. Cheerio. Oh, just going to apologize in advance. Podcasts might be a little less infrequent for the next week or so. Moving house. It's kind of a big deal. (laughs) Bye.